It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Here we go. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by the Cochran Firm and Boston Scientific. We're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! What's up, squad? Continuing our hindsight series today. Looking at the defensive tackle room. Talk about some guys that could be cut, may not return, some that could return. We'll dive all the way into it like we usually do. Uh, In the roundup, we got some rumors, man. Some rumors been flying around about the tag already. Interesting. I mean, it's early. It's it's not even March yet. You don't normally hear that. We'll we'll talk about that. We'll see what's up. And then (laughs) a specific general manager talked yesterday or the other day, whatever it was, uh, about team building. And I think it's hilarious because it's on the opposite spectrum of what we do here. So we'll dive into that in the roundup as well. What's up, Bomb Squad? Y'all doing, man? Bomb Squad! Did y'all see one LeBron James break the record yesterday? Shout out to LeBron James. A lot of y'all are probably like, not my GOAT. That's cool. That's cool. You know, the greatest of all time is usually uh, very, very opinionated. But still, man, it's it's an impressive thing to do. You know, when you score that many points over that long of your career and still he's playing at a high level, you know, year 20, which is crazy, man. Unbelievably crazy. Salute to LeBron James and family. Uh, I did think it was weird that Anthony Davis was kind of in the back like that. But, uh, you know, salute to him. Anybody watch that game? Impressive feat says Toxic. Uh, the chosen one says Iceberg Q. Yes, man. Look, in high school, can't remember. But when LeBron James was in high school, I remember his games being on. I think it was pay per view at the damn time or something like that. Like you had to pay to see his games. I remember our local high school teams traveling to go see LeBron James. But like he was, it was ridiculous. You know the whole chosen one thing, the the media attention even before social media, and now there's social media. It's even more scrutiny. Like, he, what he had to go through, I think, as that guy, right, him for this generation, I think, was was more uh, media-driven than many other generations. Now, there was other things racially, you know, driven back in the 60s, 70s, 80s or whatnot, but just from a pure media standpoint, it was kind of wild uh, seeing him grow up in, in the eyes of the public. And uh, I think he's handled it pretty damn well, man. I know a lot of people don't like LeBron James, but I think he's handled it pretty damn well, and now he is the all-time leading score salute to lebron man salute uh lbj top one two three not a fan of him but he can play a lot of people are not a fan of lebron james but it's he's undoubtedly one of the greatest of all time and it's not even close like it's not even a question he's one of the greatest of all time where you put him at that's always going to be up for debate that's why those debates are fun um but 
We know who ain't one of the greatest of all time. No, I'm just playing. Let's get into the um, roundup real quick and come out of that and talk about this Cowboys interior D-line because much like last year, we went into the draft saying this is a sneaky position that the Cowboys had to address. It, it feels like it may be that again, depending on what they elect to do prior to the draft. But we'll talk about all of that and a little bit more in this show. <laughs> It is time for It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. <laughs> so, Super Bowl winning general manager Howie Roseman spoke yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was, on Wednesday. He spoke and he talked about team building. And this is what he had to say. This is his quote. I'll read the quote first, and then we'll we'll discuss. When we won a championship, we made aggressive decisions, and we had taken some risk, and we saw that it's hard because the league is designed like a bell curve. They want most teams to be in the middle of the bell curve. So for you to take a chance and try to get to the top of the bell curve, you probably have to take a risk being at the opposite end. I think for us, it would be worse to fall in the middle than it would be taking a chance to be great and falling back. Jerry Jones last week. I like where we are. I like being in the middle. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Say it, man. Like, like general managers are telling you how to skin the damn cat, but we just continue to want to do it this way. <laughs> Salute to Howie. I, I, I despise the Eagle fan base, the Eagle organization, but not Howie. Man, I was, I would seriously trade everything to get a guy like Howie Roseman in this organization. Seriously, whatever you want. Yes, beloved Michael Parsons. C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, first, whatever you want. Here, have it. Because I know he will put together a team or attempt to put together a team to go all the way. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. Let's run this thing back. So you can say what you want to say about him. But the dude know what the hell he's doing. Without a shadow of a doubt. And it's frustrating, man, because as Cowboy fans, we got an owner who just loves to be in the middle. But as my guy says, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. So I put here Pollard tag decision leaked because, again, it's February 8th. You don't hear about teams deciding to use the tag this early. This also could just be words being misused. I, I don't know. But. Pro Football Network, it was a network, Pro Football Network, I believe, dropped the article that said, you know, they're, they're hearing or they expect Tony Pollard to be tagged. Again, I think this is really early. 
I'm not sure. They didn't didn't talk about a source. They didn't even say sources. They just said they expect Tony Pollard to be tagged, and the whole world ran with it. I'm like, I haven't really seen anyone else credible say that. So is this leaked? Is this really happening? Seems a bit early. Now, we did talk about last week that, you know, Jerry Jones came out and said, you know, I'm emphatic on Tony Pollard, meaning they would like to have TP back. We heard Steven and Jerry talk about, oh yeah, you know, we like Ezekiel Elliott. We don't, we don't think he's falling off, and uh, but the money has to work. P- please don't fumble this, man. Please don't fumble this. This is this isn't really hard here. Like if you're going to tag Tony Pollard, fine. It's one year. You tag him. It's a ten million dollar cap hit. Uh, most people will look at that and say that's expensive for a running back. May be true, but if you use him in a multitude of ways, I think he'll you'll get a lot of bang for your buck. Um, but there's you, you can't have both of these dudes back. You can't. You can't pay over $10 million to both guys. That's just goofiness. And for Zeke, if I'm Zeke, I'm pretty sure he's not going to want to take a disrespectful pay cut. So much like the Kellen Moore situation, maybe the Ezekiel Elliott situation would be best off if if both parties decide to go in different directions. Because nine times out of ten, Stephen Jones is going to come to Ezekiel Elliott with a disrespectful pay cut. And I don't blame Zeke to say no if he wants to go be featured somewhere else and, and get paid more than they would ask him somewhere else. Do your thing, Zeke. Totally get it. But I don't think there's a, a chance in hell that you can bring back Tony Pollard on $10 million and Ezekiel Elliott on $10 plus million, paying $20 million to the running back position. That, that's malpractice. It's malpractice, man. And there's some that could even argue that they don't even want to tag Tony at $10 million because of the injury that happened, which sucks. You know? But that's the situation they've, you know, they're in right now with Tony Pollard. There's so many angles to tactics. There's people that say, don't bring any of them back. Get some fresh young legs in here and let's, and let's roll. That's fair, too, because we've seen that work. I will say this. The only decision that would be the bad decision to me, I'll call it two, is to A, bring back Zeke without reworking his contract, which I don't think that's ever going to happen because they already talked about messing with the money. Or B, bringing back Ezekiel Elliott on an expensive deal and tagging Tony Pollard at the same time. Those are really the only two bad options, in my opinion. Maybe some people say bringing back Zeke, period. But but if you bring back Zeke on an expensive deal and tag Tony Pollard, man, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Other than that, I think you can work some things out. You could you could argue tagging Pollard, drafting a guy. We talked about it, right? Our example was uh, if you tag Tony Pollard, you draft Jameer Gibbs, and you got um, was it Jameer Gibbs in the second round, and you got Malik Davis. So you got TP for one year, then you got Gibbs as your next guy, Davis and Gibbs for the next two seasons, and then you could continue to keep cycling that running back position out. I actually don't. I can get behind that. It's one year tag. You're not committed long term. Uh, some people might get up in arms if you actually extend Ezekiel or Tony Pollard to a three, four, five year deal because people don't like paying running backs. So uh, I get that. And I am I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm people. I don't necessarily think I need to pay a running back expensive money unless that running back is going to be a legitimate dual threat. A la Z, 
um, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara types. And even then, you still can't go over a certain threshold because you really don't need to pay a back that much money. I mean, look at the Super Bowl teams, you know. Their guys are drafted guys that can come in and play. I mean, Malik Davis showed you some things. I'm not saying Malik going to be a bell cow, but I don't think you need a bell cow anymore. I think you can roll with, with, with committee or duo approaches. I think Zeke will end up being one of the last. Zeke and um, the cat's name over there, and, and Derrick Henry, will end up being one of the last of the Mohegans and those 25 carry guys that you're going to pay all that money to. I think teams will start realizing I don't need to do that consistently you'll get an Aaron Jones here a cook here and there but I don't think you'll see running backs and you're starting to see it at the top of these lists in regards to cat pits anymore I think the Zeke's and the Henry's will probably be the last of that be the last of that so we'll see how true this rumor is uh, a whole lot of time to go here uh, other teams will start cutting people they, they may just elect to, to sign guys in free agency and draft guys, but it sounds like Jerry Jones is is really enamored with bringing back Tony Pollard. And I, for one, if he's healthy, am okay with that uh, because I think Tony Pollard could be a dual threat back. And I think given this potential new West Coast offense, it featured Tony Pollard in the past game way more. And now I can roll with TP, Malik Davis, and a drafted running back somewhere between day two and three. Shit, let's roll. Let's rock. As long as you got that scheme going. Cause no offense to Zeke, he's a guy that's getting hurt a lot every year. He's been hurt every year since 2019, and we keep saying, "Oh well, before he was hurt," or "Oh well, after he was." But that that keeps happening, right? Like, and it's not like some freak in situations. He's just when you have all those carries, man, you can see that wear on him. So you know he probably best off in a limited role, and will he take a limited role and and limited money? I don't know. I don't know. All right, before we get to our DTs, let's talk let's talk to some of the people, man. The Pulse in the Nation hotline presented by the Cochran Firm. Let's get Let's get Toxic up in here early on the phone lines. Toxic, what's good with you, man? How are you today? I'm good, good brother. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I love that Howie Roseman quote, and I, like <laughs> you, would trade dang near my left nut to get a guy in there that knows what the hell they're doing. Uh, the one one thing I'll make this quick so that way we can get to this this good segment today is the fact that we're even having the discussion about malpractice of our front office. Yeah. All the DAC haters out there, just stop listening to the bell. This is right here. Your own rival is already saying to you and quoting your owner – yeah, uh, that's not the way to do it, and Bro. making fun of you in the process. Don't like, you feel like he took a bell. shot? Don't you think he took a shot at Jerry with that? I hope he does because Jerry I think needs he more did. shots in his life. I think he did because Perfect. Jerry Jerry brought up the Eagles for whatever reason. Again, this is why you shouldn't have an eighty-year-old man being your decision maker, but uh, because he Absolutely. doesn't really know what's going on around the league. He said, "Yeah, you know, well, the the Eagles and the Rams went all in, and now you know the Eagles are going to." pay for it later. Uh, Jerry, they got two first round picks. They're in a better cap situation than you are. Exactly how are I they think, paying for it? Mm-hmm. So I think Howie took that a little personal uh, and was like, oh, really? Well, let me show you. I think Jerry needs to press his life alert and he needs to get get up on out of there. It, it's time. 
My, my bad, Fourth and Eight. Speak. What's that? Now, my man, Fourth and Eight, says stop being ageist. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and the whole thing with the whole Tony Pollard debate and the Zeke Elliott debate, it just reminds me of that old vine where the guy, it's the magic school bus, and the guy's about to take off his helmet, and he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Yo! Because you know they're going to do the wrong thing, and they're going to find a way to just fuck this up. They will find a way to screw up a wet dream. This, Aren't you a little nervous? It's, I'm nervous. In the, no, I'm not nervous because it's kind of like you know what's going to happen. Okay. Nervous is gotcha. when you're hoping gotcha. that, right. okay, they, they, they finally learned their lesson. That's fair. And the last thing I'll say is, it makes you really wonder what, to me, actions speak louder than words and actions show your true intentions. And if people are saying, well, why is Jerry doing this? He's a moron. Jerry's not a moron. He's just not, his actions don't reflect of winning football games. His actions more show that he cares about just being relevant, getting those checks coming in the mail and selling the bullshit to fans. And Deion Sanders even said it himself on a podcast Jerry's the ultimate salesman in getting Cowboy fans to believe that this year is their year, even when they never have the roster even close to doing so. Yeah, so I hope – I, I mean, and even when they do have it, he finds a way to just get in the way. I just – I really hope that he takes this to heart or Stephen Jones is just like, uh, okay, old man, let's just take a step back and we're going to do this the right way. But come on. I think we all know what's going to happen here. And it's, I uh... think deep down they're going to keep Zeke <laughs> – and they're going to find a way to keep him, and they're going to say, well, uh, uh, he's the straw of this drink. He's been here for so long. And that, then they're just going to find a way to misuse Tony Pollard again. Uh, that, Honestly, that, I, That's I what I mean by I nervous. Tony, I'm a little nervous that yeah. they're going to run this thing back with Zeke because there's an emotional attachment, clearly, with this owner uh, and this player. Like, it's it's clear. And that's, like, Zeke was, was the heart of this team and all that stuff. And then now you hear Stephen Jones. Man, you can't really explain what Ezekiel Elliott does for this team. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, 2016 yeah. to 19 maybe, but but what are we what are we talking about? I, I, it, I don't it, know, it just baffles my mind that a guy that's so hell-bent on loyalty has a secret child case going on right now. Nah. But other than that, <laughs> I'll let you go. Have a good day. You ain't right, dog. Man, I saw the show. Twan, please call in and tell me why the Cowboys should bring back Ezekiel Elliott. I saw the show, and I disagree with my brothers Okoye and, and, and West and what I would call and all. I disagree. It's time to move on from Ezekiel Elliott. Like everybody can have their opinions about Ezekiel Elliott, but the facts are the facts. Put on the film. You, and my man Okoye loved to bring up the film. I would love for him to come on here and tell me and sell to me that you're watching on this film. That Ezekiel Elliott is still a difference maker. Sell it to me. Sell it to me. Matter of fact, I'm going to get James on here right now. I'm going to try to call Koye right now. I need, I need somebody to sell to me that Ezekiel Elliott is worth bringing back because he's a difference maker. James, go ahead. I'm going to try to get my brother Koye on here. Hey, what's up, Sky? How you doing, bro? What's good, man? Hey, Toxic stole all my thunder. Um, let me. I, I just want to answer your question. Um, no, we don't need to bring Zeke back. No, we don't need to bring Pollard back. We need to get young at the running back position, and we need to start over from there. Um, if TP wouldn't have got hurt, 
then maybe. But no, the answer is no for both of them. And I'm a Zeke fan. I got a Zeke jersey. It's, it's time. It's time. It's time. Um, talk to Snow all my thunder. We got a. You said it. We got an 80 year old GM. 80 years old. He is out of touch. Let, let, let me say this. Since Jimmy has left, what has Jerry Jones learned as far as being a GM? Let me turn this truck off. Since Jerry, what has he learned? I, I'm going to say not much. When when it's time for him to do a deal, them GMs see him coming, and they work his ass every time. When has Jerry come out on top of a deal? Look at the Roy Williams deal. Look at Joey Galloway. Look at all the signings that he had done. I would say with the exception of maybe Tyron Smith, that was that eventually ended up becoming a good signing because of the years that he signed them out for. Um, the GMs, when it comes for him to do a trade, whether it's to bring in somebody or to, let's say, recoup to trade him, them GMs see his ass coming and they work his ass every time. So with, with trade being my topic, I want to say this and then I'm going to roll out. We waited too late to trade Tyron. Now he's injured, guy. What you going to get for him? What about trading Zach Martin? He's 30, what, 32? Yeah. He's 32 years old. Before he gets to the point to where his value is going to go down, what about trading him and try to get some value for him before he gets too old. I've been saying this for two years now. You can't be emotionally invested into these players because the star is supposed to come first. So if the star is is supposed to come first, then you do what's best for the team. Are you talking about Tyron? I'm talking about Zach. Oh. If, if we can trade, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Zach Martin. If we can trade Tyron and you can get a third, trade his ass. But I'm talking about Zach Martin. Mm. He's 32 years old. Am I right, 32, 33, whatever? Roughly around about 31, 32, yeah. Right, right. So what are we going to do? We're going to keep him for four more years and his play slowly decline, and then he retires and we get nothing for him? Or do you try to trade him now and maybe get a second? Well. And then you can re-up on that guard spot in the draft, or get a get a younger player that maybe not as good as him, but that can go in and do the job and take that money and go and do something else. Signing uh, Michael Parsons, um, maybe signing Trayvon Diggs. Do you think they're gonna re-sign Trayvon? Yes. You think so? Yes. I don't uh... think so. Why? That's just my per. That's just my personal opinion. Um, well, you, you didn't give the opinion. You just said they're not going to do it. Why? I want to know your opinion on why okay. they're not going to sign. Um, the reason why I think they're not going to sign them, based on I think how they are drafting cornerbacks every year. Me personally, I'm thinking that they are looking for a replacement. Um, not because of his play. 
I just think that they think he's going to be too expensive. That's just my personal opinion. Y'all might not agree with me, and you know, no disrespect to Trayvon. I like Trayvon. So your opinion is sign. that they're going to not sign him because he's going to be too expensive. That's your main point. Too, that's that's my main point. And if his play declines, no, 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 no. don't say I'm if his play. Don't is. say if his play because that's not yeah. that's not in okay. question right okay. now. His play has a decline. Okay. Um, then why sign anyone? Why why resign any of your best players? Because they're all going to be expensive. So I would well, need I would need a better reasoning than oh he's going to be expensive. I mean D Law was expensive. Zach was expensive. Tyron okay. was expensive. Zeke okay. was expensive. Mm-hmm. Dak was exp- I already said Dak was expensive. Uh, Dez was expensive. Rum. You know what I'm saying? Like there's everybody's expensive. Right. Um. Do you think he's a a a, a one time generational player? So you only sign generational players? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just asking a question. So what does generational have to do with extending your all-pro Pro Bowl cornerback? Well, I think I think that, that this is just my personal opinion. Um, I think that they think that they possibly could find someone in the draft, and and I think we will see according to how this draft goes. If if they if they draft um, a couple of cornerbacks in this draft, I think they're going to be looking to replace him. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, but getting back to that, yeah, though, I, don't, I didn't – I didn't, go ahead. No, go ahead. What you saying now? now? I was trying to get you to sell that part to me, too. Like, I just I – didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really hear the, the best reasoning just yet. You just think they're not going to do it because he's well, expensive and they're drafting corners? Right. That's, 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 that's my reason. That's okay. my reason. Fair enough. Um, I'm, I'm not <laughs> – I'm not comparing him to um, Byron Jones, um, but you see how they let Byron go. This is true, and I think they knew they realized they messed up on that situation. If we're being completely honest. Okay. Well, we we we'll see. But getting back to Zach, and I, and I you know I want to close with this. Um, what do you think about trading Zach before he gets too old? I was looking at that. <laughs> Ah, I'm good. I think I just I, – I, look, Zach is still one of the best offense linemen in the league. I'd almost rather, hell, extend him and let him retire a Cowboy than trade him. I mean, what, what are you telling me I can so get back for Zach? What do, you, what, do you, what do you think I'm getting back for him? At least a second. Yeah, I don't know. At least a second. I'm, I'm keeping so, so do you? So, so do you think the way you're thinking is emotional or do you think that – what you're thinking is emotionally attached to an offensive lineman. I just think Zach Zach Martin is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And if I'm going to trade one of the best players at his position, arguably top three or one, depending who you talk to, uh, I'm going to need more than a second round pick. Okay, so what if somebody see the the, the thing of it is is that the I'm going league to be doesn't deal with the the league doesn't deal with the Cowboys the way they deal with any other team in the league. They they see jury ass coming. Let me log out. They see jury ass coming, and and they just know that they can, you know, they can work them. They've been working his ass for years. Yeah. So, so because of that, jury can't get fair market value for anybody. A fifth or Amari Cooper. So... This so, is what we're <laughs> with. I um, think you're, but I think you're, ahead. you're going against your own argument. Then, if 
if the Cowboys can't get anything quality for Zach Martin, then why the hell would you trade him? Well, at least put it out there and see. Yeah, you're moving the goalpost though. But you you just said, man, the league don't you know they don't they don't deal with the Cowboys the same way as other teams. So if that's the case, I'm not moving on from a guy that I believe is still top three at his position for peanuts. We know the Cooper well, situation not, was was emo, was a uh, personal decision as opposed to to play. Right. There's nothing personal about Zach Martin. He's your consummate professional. He's one of the best leaders in the locker room. He's one of the best players in the league. Uh, I'm good. I'm keeping Zach. Okay. All right. Well, there's just my thoughts, man. Um, I hope the chat ain't. Um, I hope they ain't killing me. I ain't looking at my phone right <laughs> hey, now. Hey, everybody got their their opinions, man. <laughs> That that's that's an interesting one there. So let Diggs walk and trade Zach Martin. I mean, I'm all for you know guys moving along and things like that, because you know, draft players and, and, and trade for other players, but man, that's a that's a whoo. I don't know, man. Um I would I would resign Diggs. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean maybe he's saying they wouldn't. I don't know if James, you let me know if you would resign Diggs. I would resign Diggs. I uh, got me a corner for the foreseeable future. Um, I think we saw. I mean let's be real. If the Cowboys kept Byron Jones, you'd have Byron Jones and Diggs. I don't think anybody'd be complaining about that. But trading Zach Martin, nah, I'm good. All right, I got other callers on here, but see, this is this is why our community is so dope. Reached out to my guy, Koye, to call in. I texted him. I said, Koye, I need you to sell me and the people on keeping Ezekiel Elliott on this team moving forward. And he said, I got you, brother. What's the phone number? What's good, big homie? What's good with you, man? What's good with you? Um, I'm good, fam. How you I, doing? I mean, I, I feel the argument. I understand everybody's argument on Zeke when it comes to pay. So let's just live in a, in a, well, a twilight zone. No, no, no. Leave the pay out of it. Okay, so that's what I was going to say. Yeah, anyway, let's leave so the pay I'm out. glad you meet me there. Yeah. When you leave the pay out of it, it's, it's, it's not a tough conversation. Like, you got two unknown commodities, one that we kind of know, which is we know we're not going to jump out in free agency and, and make a splash trade and or pickup on a running back. Yeah. You know that Jerry's not going to do that. Right. You know what I mean? And then two, we have, we have an unknown commodity in anyone that we may draft. Even if we are targeting Bijan Ronda, uh, Robinson, Robinson yeah. um, we don't have him. You know, he's not here. And even if he is here, we don't know what he is until he arrives. So under the understanding that Zeke does take a pay cut that makes the team comfortable, um, I don't see the Cowboys just jumping into a, a season with a new offensive coordinator who's now, you know, and a Mike McCarthy who's on the clock when it comes to production in this offense with a hurt Tony Pollard and a Davis who barely got any snaps last year. I don't think they do that. So I think what if I can tell you Tony Pollard when, comes in healthy? What if TP comes in healthy? That's a what if. And then beyond that, you can remember the year before that he had a TP to me, and, and he's a he's a C-Mac Camara type of player. Yep. Neither one of those guys are guys that you want as your bell cow back going into a season. We saw how both have have fared. I don't even want a bell cow back. You, you don't want you know you don't want them to be that anyway. 
But when you look at the way Schottenheimer runs the ball, he definitely runs by committee. So, you know, with, with that said, could you bring in another guy that's a no-name guy and get some productivity out of him? Yes. But when you're looking at Zeke, and when, when I look at Zeke, I look at Zeke and judge him the same way I judge Tony. I didn't judge Tony uh, based off of the post-still uh, injury. I didn't judge – I'm not judging Zeke based off of uh, the, his, his, his post-injury. Like, after Zeke got injured, I'm not judging the way Zeke ran the ball after he got injured. That's just commendable, you know, tough-it-up type of shit to me. Whereas, But if I can interject – on on the Ezekiel Elliott injuries, this is three seasons now in a row, 2020, yeah, three seasons. Three seasons now in a row where he's been injured. And then two seasons in a row where he's been injured and not the same after well, said injury. Well, so you got okay, a guy yeah, who's yeah, got so all those carries on his, his uh-huh. resume. Most right. of the time, those dudes don't get better. And we've seen, I mean, I, I think you can even admit this, being the biggest Zeke fan, mm-hmm. he is not the same player that he was when he came into the league or a couple years after he's, he's, he's slowed down from a, a, an athletic standpoint and he plays the game differently. Uh, And I think he plays the game in a way where you can find that type of production or level of play uh, in the draft. If we're being completely honest, a bruiser. uh, I I disagree. So we're, so what does Ezekiel Elliott do that makes him an elite player? When Zeke, when Zeke wasn't, See you. You just not you just you just changed the goalpost right in the end of that. You said elite player. Well, because if I if, if I can't, because I said if I could find somebody well, that can do what he does, if I can't find somebody find that does, if make I sure he's available, if I can if I can't find somebody that can't do what this guy does, they're elite, right? Zeke Zeke has gotten the lowest his lowest amount of carries in the last two seasons. So obviously, if rightfully so, comes on the scene and starts to get carries. Zeke's going to get less carries, and his productivity is going to go down. Zeke, before uh, before still went down, and before Zeke got injured, he was averaging 4.2 yards a carry. I'm fine with that. Last season, same thing. Before he got before the Denver game, he was at, he was running just fine, in my opinion. I I got film the show, and I'm I'm gonna put that out today, actually, since we're having the conversation. But uh, the way he was running pre-injury, both seasons, I have no problem with the way he was running, the way he plays pre-injury and the fact that he he toughed it up and tried to play post-injury that's just Zeke being Zeke but I'm not going to judge him based off of running with one leg do I think that the Cowboys are crazy enough to go and put money into Zeke or bring him back if they deem that the injury is you know something that he can't come back from of course not they're not they're not if if you know Jerry Jones he's one of those guys that cut ties earlier never later he's not going to hold on Zeke if Zeke's what? not ready to go, he doesn't think he's going to be ready to go this season. And why do you say what? Like, who does yeah. who does Jerry hold on to that's that's paid high amounts of money that doesn't produce? I mean, Ezekiel Elliott one, Tyron Smith has been around, and he's basically contradicting Tyron himself. Tyron Smith doesn't produce either. I'm not, well, you, you did say you did say produce, but I'm talking about availability. But you're right, you said produce. But I think there's a contradiction here from from Jerry Jones. He talks about availability as the reasoning to move on from Cooper. But let's be honest. You talk, you say gutting it out, and you're giving him a, a pat on the back for gutting it out. Gutting it out, in my opinion, cost the Dallas Cowboys more than it helped gutting it out where he should have sat down. And when he sat down, Cowboys' run game looked fine. Nobody was missing Ezekiel Elliott when he sat down. Tony Pollard and Malik Davis did fine. You know? And, and, and you, keep, you keep saying, you know, pre-injury, pre-injury. 
bro, that's three years in mm-hmm. a row we're saying pre-injury. What makes you think that you're going to get a non-pre-injury Ezekiel Elliott for most of the season? When you look at Tony Pollard's injuries over the last two seasons, when he had a plantar officiitis, he wasn't running well either. Why are we not talking about that? And he's younger. And, you know, at the end of this season, since still went down, Tony Pollard did jack shit in the last five games. Tony Pollard was much better than Ezekiel Elliott the last five games. 200, last five games, 214 yards, zero touchdowns. What are you talking about? How was he much better than Ezekiel? Ezekiel Elliott, the last five games, averaged less than three yards per carry. That's what I mean. Without still. But if you if, when you look at things in a vacuum, sure. if you look at it in a vacuum, then you're fine. But if you say, okay, we got a line that's jumbled around, but that has nothing to do with the run productivity. But we still gonna, but we're gonna look at Zeke as if he's just running the ball by. Oh, himself. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not that the last, not the last five games, the last ten games for Ezekiel Elliott, he averaged three point two yards per carry. In the playoffs, he averaged two point three four yards per carry. Tony Pollard, I'm not I'm, in the same time. In the same, the go ahead, go ahead. Tony Pollard in the same time frame gave you productive games. Ezekiel Elliott did not give you a productive game the last five or six games of the season. Not one. If we're talking about production. And you keep saying, and I said when I got on the phone, if you're judging Zeke pre-injury, it's a different ball game. If you're judging him post-injury, I'm not arguing with what a guy's doing with one leg. Like you want me to make an argument about what Zeke was doing in the last in the end of the season. But what I said was Tony wasn't hurt in the end of the season and didn't produce anything. Zeke was still scoring touchdowns. So, so to say he's not producing when he went on a, I think, like a, a nine-game stretch until the end of the season, to the last game of the season, I think he scored a touchdown in every game, two touchdowns in one game, I think, against the, the Giants or the, the game before. Fair enough. Before. But Fair that's, enough. That's go go, go line. the Giants game Fair was enough. on Thanksgiving. The Giants game was on Thanksgiving. He was very productive in that game, if I remember correctly. He had two two runs over twenty yards in that game as yeah, well. Yeah, the, so the Giants game wasn't producing anything. No, 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 no. I'm saying the last ten games was three point two yards per carry. The last five games he didn't do nothing. Is what I'm saying. You 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 brought up five games. I'm bringing up pre the injury to Houston. Um, the Giants game was his most productive game, no doubt about it. That was his his five point seven five yards per carry was his most productive game. Um, but again, the the trend over the last few seasons is Ezekiel Elliott doesn't stay healthy. So you're saying if healthy, right? But when I asked you that about Tony Pollard, you said, "Well, that's an if." Well, so is Ezekiel Elliott. I'm talking about that's an if with his foot. Like, why would I take a running back going? Why would I go into the season with a with with an unknown commodity and a new offensive coordinator? If if anything, Koye. what do I know about Zeke? What what do I know about Zeke? What do I know about Tony? If if Zeke gets injured, yeah, the way that Brian Brian Schottenheimer runs, you know Zeke is going to cut his foot off to be available. Now, do I do I think that Zeke's going to come in and am I saying Zeke's going to come in and be a thirteen hundred yard a season running back again? I'm not saying that. Right. But even when you if you if if you will, even with injured Zeke, if you will, like I said, his carries, whether you say his 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 productivity was off uh, or his yards per carry were down, I, I'm not arguing that. But Maybe. his carries were also down. Now, he missed two games yep. this season. He had 876 yards this season, and he missed two games. Yep. Had he played two games, he may have been over 1,000 yards again. Had he also gotten the carries that he usually gets, but we're splitting carries. Everybody want him to split. I want him to split yep. carries as well. 
but everybody wants him to split carries. He's no longer getting the carries of a back that gets the 1,300, 1,400 yards a season. So, obviously, the, the yardage is going to reflect that, and it does. You know, but how much of that goes into the, the fact that we're doing running back by committee now where if, if I'm looking at that, Ooh. I'm looking at the total productivity from the running back position, and we're still getting that level of productivity even with Zeke on the team. If that were to fall off, then I would say, okay, I understand what you're saying, but that hasn't fallen. You're making my point for me there. You know, if we're going to go running back by committee, number one, one thing I haven't heard you mention quite yet, no which is interesting. Just Tony Pollard. No, it wouldn't be just Tony Pollard. You still have the draft, and you still can sign guys and still bring back Malik Davis, who's on this team. So committee doesn't mean it's it's just one guy you know, one main guy. It could, it's, you can bring a draft guy. Look at the look at the Super Bowl contenders, brother. They're, they're, they're running a running back by committee out there with a running scheme that doesn't need to rely on one bell cow back. You don't need a bell cow back. And and the other thing is, we are you are talking uh, uh, about Ezekiel Elliott in a running back position as if it's the quarterback position. It is the most easiest position to replace in the National Football League, and it ain't even close. It is it is it's documented. There's there's evidence that you can draft a guy anywhere from one to seven and have production is and have production with those guys. That is proof. It's there. And you, you talked about, well, when, when Zeke got hurt, you know, what would he look like pre-injury? Do we want to talk about what uh-huh. Tony Pollard looked like pre-injury? Do we want to talk about what Zeke and Tony Pollard looked like before uh, uh, Terrence Steele went down? What? Tony Pollard what? was, without what? a shadow of the doubt, the best running back on this team. And when Zeke did Bruh, not play those two you, games. You're making my point. Hold on. Hold on. When, when Zeke, hold on. When Zeke, when Zeke didn't play those two games, Tony Pollard had almost, what is it, one, two, almost 300 total yards and five touchdowns. So Bro, I don't what, need an Ezekiel Elliott. I'm telling you to sell me on bring, needing to bring back an Ezekiel Elliott, given what he is now. I just did. I'm not here to convince you to like it. I gave you the reasons why it would make sense. You don't have to agree with it. No, oh, so, all right. Day, so my bad. I didn't. I didn't mean to. I didn't want you to give me reasons to make sense. I said, why do we need to bring Ezekiel Elliott back? I, I just told you. Okay. I told you. At the end of the day, you, if you're saying go into a new season with a with no answers at running back, with really zero available running backs, that doesn't make sense to me. Now, if you said, hey, you know, I wasn't watching the show, but if you said, hey, we're going to go out and trade for one, or Jerry indicated that he's ready to move on from Zeke and he's going to trade for a running back or go and sign one a free agency, show me the free agents that you would bring in that, that you think are uh, worth that type of money. Cool. Gotcha. If you said we're going to address it in the draft, until I, until the draft, it ain't a conversation because I don't okay. know who we're going to go okay. get. Okay, I got you, Corey. So at this moment, why would I go and cut Zeke not, and have zero answers at running back? That makes zero sense to me. Okay. Now, if, if, if we're talking in June, we got two running backs in the draft, one that looks like Zeke, one is B. Uh, B. John Robinson, and you know we we want to move on, and we're going to save money after June, and we're going to cut him. Am I going to jump out of a window and say you know and, and make a Zeke not guilty video? No, but if you told me <laughs> if they don't know what that is, go that check out a not guilty. The, the the draft doesn't happen until April, and Zeke doesn't have to be cut until June. So why would we be making a Zeke decision? Today, and based off of what I see right now with what Jerry has said out of his own mouth and Steven, they want Zeke here as well, and they're not judging Zeke based off of – 
they're looking at Zeke the same way I'm looking at him. They they understand what what he's doing out there, and I understand what he's doing out there. I'm not talking about what he's doing with with a peg leg, but even when you brought up availability, I'm glad you did that because Tony is running wild just like Zeke was in his first four seasons, right? Zeke was running wild in his first five six seasons too, right? But Tony's already showing signs of breaking down. Do you understand what I'm saying? Really? Uh, you you so won't, I don't want Tony. You won't, I don't want Tony. Uh, I don't want Tony with more carries. So you can I tell me either. how well he plays when Zeke is out. I don't want him to get more of a load. I want Tony 10 to 15 touches because we're not wrong about Tony. his level of durability. We're not I, wrong about that. That, that. That's not even a topic at hand because I agree. I don't, I don't want Tony Pollard getting 25 carries a game. That's that's not what we're talking about because I, I'm all for running back by committee. I, I've said that at the beginning of the season. I said that I think they should have included Malik Davis in this because I I, I warned people of Zeke breaking down. I like Zeke, I like Malik Davis. And Zeke I, broke I like down. Malik Davis. I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you on Malik Davis. I thought he should have got more carries in the playoffs after Zeke. I mean, after Tony went down, I think that 100%. was a misstep by 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 Kellen for sure. Uh, and I do look at Schottenheimer as a guy who can get productivity out of almost anybody. So I don't think that uh, it's a must. Like, if you don't have Zeke on this team next year, we're go- we're failures. But when you have a guy that's a, that comes from a Ronnie Lott type of elk, meaning he will literally cut, cut it out off to keep playing. Yeah, he, For real, that's how Zeke yeah. is, man. So when you have a guy like that, you know that if availability is an issue, when you're talking about availability and having a guy that's really going to put it all on the line, it, in my opinion, to, to keep treating football as if, you know, we, we, we switch from fans to business commodity. We want to be fans, then we GMs. We fans, then we GMs. We fans, then we GMs. Like, which one is it, in my opinion? Like, I don't like the guys that come out and give me half effort and lackluster and BS, right? When I get a guy that comes out and put it all on the line, to me, he earned a right to say, okay, if he's willing to, to, to work with the team, he can play. I didn't have a problem when we did it with Witten. I didn't have a problem when we was doing it with Tony. Oof. I don't have a problem with, with us doing it with Tyron. To be honest with you, if a player is available and they can play and they play at a high level when they do play, I say let them play. Like, that's period. And every other team across the league does that. You can't tell me Larry Fitzgerald was the young Larry Fitzgerald in the end of his career. He still was – they found a way to find a, a, a role for him on that team. Now, if yeah. Zeke can't – you know, if, if, if we come into this season, obviously, with the pay cut and, you know, it's a repeat performance, okay. I'm, and same thing with Tyron. I'm not arguing that. But – uh Injuries shouldn't just say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you now like you're trash immediately when you don't want putting it on wax for me, and that's why you got injured in the first place. Like, that's how I look at it. As Excuse me for being a fan at times, but that's how I look at it as a fan and not an analyst. I'm like, okay, th- th- this is a guy that will put it all on the line for this team, and I respect that out of anybody that does it. You know what I mean? I, and, and coming from a – you know what we put into just to get up and do these type of, this yeah. type of stuff that we do. We're just doing shows. You know what I'm saying? That's why I respect you. That's why I respect what we do. Because to, to get up and have an idea and actually move forward with it and put it all on wax, that takes effort. But when you're doing it on the field, I respect it, man. You can't hate me for respect. No, respect yeah, yeah, yeah. He... Now, I'm not, I, I'm not, from a business perspective, though, I'm not, like, arguing. I'm not going to, you know, cry if Zeke's not here. But you got to give me nope. an answer other than no running back. There we go. You can't be. We don't have a running back other than Tony who we, we want to heal and rest up. And now we're going to put that pressure on Tony Pollard coming off of a, a, a nasty injury to his look to his wheels at that so i i don't i don't like it when we did it with gallup this year we kind of rushed him back because we paid him you know what i mean and he didn't produce and i don't want to get that repeat performance out of tony if anything i would rather run zeke, zeke into a pile of smoke 
didn't put Tony out there and ask him to do it. You know what I mean? Or yeah. trust Davis, who we haven't given the carry yet. But this, yeah, this this conversation we need to continue because I, I feel like again we're not putting enough emphasis on it's a running back position. Like we're we're acting like this position is a position that requires some That's rocket scientists. That GM had on man. Like you know, the running back position is only devalued because we no longer we, it's, we it's they not don't want to pay running backs because of the amount of his. No, 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 no. So Forget they, they, the money. Devalued because of this, the running back by committee. No, that they've done so, all so over this, the season. Throughout your, mono, over the, uh, throughout your monologue, throughout your monologue, Okoye, you brought up so many different things. I didn't have a chance to interject, so I'm kind of just talking about the last yeah, bit part here. My bad, my bad, my bad. But yeah, so yeah. I can't remember everything okay. you were saying specifically. But it ain't about my devaluing. Bad. I, I, you know, I go hard. I know. That's why I let you go. I don't let everybody do that. I let you go because you you are, you're my man. It's not about devaluing the position because of money. I can care less about that, right? It, I, I'm I'm watching the man play. He you love film. I'm not watching a guy that I feel like I can't go out and get a guy to do similar things or better things. I'm watching a guy be broken down. You talk about Tony Pollard being broken down. What the hell you think Zeke is, right? Getting broken down because of the the carries on his body. I respect Ezekiel Elliott just much as you respect Ezekiel Elliott. But, you know, as the warrior and whatnot, I've often said that. He's a warrior. He's going to go out there and he's going to play. And you say, you know, separate the fan and GM. I mean, as a fan, I also want to put the, the, the best possible, you know, team or the best possible situation out there. And to me, I can't watch Ezekiel Elliott and say that is the best possible situation if he is still part of a duo where he's going to receive – I think it was somewhere along the lines of uh, 17 carries a game, you know, uh, uh, you know, the last 10 games of the season. I am I'm not for that. But if you say Zeke's going to come back at whatever you say, right, like a team friendly deal and he's only going to get the rock in tandem with whoever the other guy is, Jameer Gibbs or somebody else or Davis, you know, mm-hmm. you know, seven to, to 10 touches. You could probably sell me on that, but guess what? I don't even need to pay a guy like that to do that. I don't need to to keep a Zeke like that to do that. I can get a guy with fresher legs that's more explosive, more powerful, and, and more springy and more healthy to do those things. So I, I get you want to separate, you, you call it GM and fandom, but I, I say as a fan, I don't have to separate those two things. Because like you said, why did Malik Davis not get more carries? You wanted Malik Davis to get more carries. You know why? Because go back and watch how Ezekiel Elliott ran the ball. Yeah, yeah, he was injured, and 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 that's something I can't guarantee that will or won't happen again. But I do know the history that we have, and you can even use it for for Tony Pollard if you want to, Okoye, because that's fair too. If people wanted to just blow up the running back room in general, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it because I understand the running back position in today's game is one of the easiest positions to replace. Feel me? I dis- I disagree with that part. Ooh, what's the easiest position? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can just go find running backs that, you know, that that are like uh, bruisers on a regular basis. Like you can find a guy that you that uh, that wheels will come off in like a year, you know, and that you know you can scheme into something like if you're San Fran or something like yeah. that. But I'm watching Zeke's runs, like I said, pre-injury, and uh, I don't think you can just go find a guy who, and Tony too, Tony's in a lot of Tony's plays, they're not getting blocked. The blocking. I understand, you know, we, we, we like the big play, right? But some of the blocking in these plays is like, you know, you're missing three, four guys in the backfield before you break one type of thing. It's not yeah, like make you it's miss. not like the Dallas line of old where we could just put anybody back there because right. it's that Emmitt Smith type of line. We don't got that. So let you me do I mean? this. Uh, you, it, 
Let me pivot real quick so that we ain't arguing back and forth about Zeke because you did a film breakdown on uh, almost called him Marty. Marty Ball. See, that's how we go back. Brian. Brian. Brian shot. I don't think so, but 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 I but, but I want you to I want you to I want you to talk to people because when you broke this down, right? This was before uh-huh. Mike Solari got hired. So when Mike Solari got hired, I said, "Well, shit, Koya didn't did the work for me. Let me go watch because because I wanted to go yeah, watch yeah. the um how the offense line operated. I did some research on Mike Solari, and I kind of came away right. more looking at the O line and how they operated as opposed to what uh, Shadi did because I think Schottenheimer and and McCarthy are going to work in tandem more. With the passing yeah, aspect sure. of things, and Solari is going to handle the run game. But what did you see when you mm-hmm. went back and watched uh, Schottenheimer from a schematic standpoint in the ground game, and how can that help out whoever the hell the back is? If we're being completely honest, right. Um, one thing we talked about last night that West Coast actually brought up that makes well, it didn't make sense, but he this was a good question. Uh, he was like, "Do you think we'll bring in a fullback?" And the answer was, "I don't think so. I think they're going to use either one of these extra tight ends or." an extra lineman. But what I liked about Solari a lot and I liked about, you know, Schottenheimer and their scheme together is uh, if they have talent sitting somewhere, you know, and, and we always talk this and we talk this in sidebar, you already know, you know, you got coaches that coach, you know, try to fit a player to their scheme. And then we got coaches that try to, you know, uh, fit the scheme around the players or tailor it to the players. Solari and Schottenheimer are the, are the latter. You know, they will tailor their scheme to suit what they have on staff. Um, I'm looking at the film right now, and it, what they did almost every play, unless it was like an obvious passing situation, uh, was bring in Fant, um, the, Fant, the extra, number 74, I don't know what his first name is, but uh, they would bring him in as an extra alignment, and that would cause defenses that are in their base formations to have to spread out and have to try to, like, you know, cover more ground by spreading. And we, we know that we've dealt with that when it comes to uh, us having to set the edge against teams that are kind of coming in those tight trip yep. formations and stuff like that. You know, they were giving guys fits, but without the wide receiver, without using a wide receiver, they were using a a full-grown tackle to do that. And um, it was it's called, it causes a lot of problems when it comes to your front four because they're always outflanked, outleveraged, and off balance. And I like that. Uh, and also, you can stop there, though, if you wanted to just run old-school football. You, they could stop right there, but they don't. They do a lot of window dressing pre-snap that forces the linebackers now to move, and, and they manipulate them. So um, I saw plays that for, for Carson even where it was just an engineered run where, you know, obviously Carson has to run the ball, run the rock the right way, but uh, the line wasn't even great. They weren't busting holes open that were crazy. It's just they were they were getting numbers on – uh, on defenders, meaning they're spreading them out so that they can cut them in half. Meaning you got three three guys to the left, three guys maybe to the right, and if they you know bring an extra two guys in the box, whatever. But they were spreading them out so much so that even if you loaded an eight man box, it doesn't really matter because they were cutting that up. We we we're not far into that because Linehan did a lot of that not with alignment, but he did a lot of that when we were running well, you know, circa 2016 and all that. Uh, we were good at that as well, but I think it was because of our talent up front. They didn't have the talent up front in, in right. Seattle. Their line was, wasn't great, uh, but they were still bringing that extra lineman in there consistently, and it was causing fit. And I'm watching, actually, there's a good uh, segue. I'm watching the film right now from 2020, the last, last season of uh, Dan Quinn with the Falcons against guys that we know like KZ and Neil. 
and, and also uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm watching Schottenheimer and Solari versus Dan Quinn's scheme right now, and he give, he, they gave Dan Quinn uh, fits in this game. Obviously, he didn't have the, the personnel that we have now, but uh, still gave gave this right. team a lot of fits due to that due, due to that very same thing. Like you want to keep that big nickel out there, or you want to, you know, play sort of like that pass um, uh, pass defense uh, scheme like we play. Uh, it doesn't work against this offense because of those the fact that they use big men. But that doesn't mean they don't throw the ball, which was crazy. He was still Russell Wilson was still having a great game in the air, but it was due to like flood concepts, play action, play and so on. So they're yeah, yeah. They're giving you looks. Go ahead. I, I think that you know having Schottenheimer with McCarthy, you're going to see way more of that you you talked about it briefly. You kind of glossed over it, but I don't think we should, man. More pre-snap motion, window dressing, and I think the run game, all that you're talking about with this run game, is going to be mirrored with the passing game. And I want to know if you saw that, and I think you looked at the 2019 film. Um, if you saw that with right. Schottenheimer's uh, concepts. Throughout the the games, I know you watched the Cincinnati Bengals game, and I saw some there where those deep shots were mirrored sometimes with that play action game, with that run game, where it looks the same. Get under center, uh, looks like it's going to be a zone left. They pull back, and this is one of the things that in the West Coast offense, some of the principles, Kirk Cousin does it, uh, uh, Russell does it. They'll do that play action left, he'll roll back to his right, and then he'll throw the mm-hmm. opposite side, right, and it'll be somebody yep. wide the hell open. And Yo, I feel, you're, you're a psychic, man. And I feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? I feel like we didn't do. I always just say, why don't we not do that? You got tight ends that can run that route. You got receivers that can. You don't even got to be that dude. You can anybody can, they make can do it a so deep over. Easy for your. They make this game so. I mean, I'm not trying to say Russell Wilson isn't a good quarterback, but I think Seattle for a very long time, pre, even pre Schottenheimer have made it very easy for Russell Wilson, especially watching this film with Schottenheimer. It is crazy how many big plays come from just simply a drag route after a, on a play action to deep over calf or a a good time screen. They're a great screen team in this in this. Uh, in that's this, coming back. They were a great. That's coming great back according team. And those stats go on the court. Like, we saw that with Purdy. You know, he's throwing it to Debo five yards. Debo goes 75 yards. He has 300-yard passing game, and people are giving him the credit. Like, he's slicing and dicing. He's not. And neither is Russell Wilson. But he is hitting guys wide open deep because there's nobody out there. There's no, they're not running coverages in these games. Even, even, even Dan Quinn wasn't running uh, the type of coverage that he normally runs because they have to commit so much personnel to the line of scrimmage to try to account for the extra big bodies that he's bringing up there. And I think they're going to give these guys fits with that because if you make it look the same and we're not doing things like run power, bring in, you know, a a, a McGovern as fullback, but then the next play go empty backfield. We've seen a lot of that short yardage, stuff like that. It's like, no, make them think that you're going to continue to do what you've been doing for the, for the entirety of the game that's getting on their nerves. And that's what they do. They don't, they, everything looks the same. Remember the tight type style. But it's not. You know what I'm saying? They're counting. No, you're right. Off of the way you try to adjust to what they what they're doing, and now uh, I see that that's like that's just mature offensive coordination. You know what I mean? I feel right. like, uh, you know, Kellen. I don't I don't want to totally sh- you know crap on Kellen because I feel like Kellen is best suited for what he actually says out of his mouth. He wants a throwing team, and he needs a quarterback and a, and a team that's suited for just that. And I think he found that maybe in Herbert. Let's see what he does over there. But his play designs are okay. 
but his his choice of of plays in situations there we go Ke- was found wanting Keller's and, and continuity of those plays he would he would make a great play and then the next play would have nothing to do with what you just saw those linebackers or corners react to. Or if you see a corner like we saw in the San Fran game, Lenore, although I think he got an interception, but we could have – CD was killing him. We could have picked on him all day. Tony would have done that. Kellen doesn't dribble with the purpose. That's what we call it. We're not attacking things. Yeah, that's what we call it here. It's a basketball term, dribbling with a purpose. My coaches will always say that. Don't just be out there trying to show off like a girl was in the stands and you just dribbling, but you ain't going nowhere. I pluck you. I mean, you gotta have you gotta dribble with a purpose, and Kellen never really did that. There, there wasn't a rhyme or reason. There was just a rhyme, you know. And 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 we saw that happen far too often. And I think his biggest holdback is his experience. I mean, he was an inexperienced play caller. He had plays, but he was an inexperienced play caller in big situations, and it showed up far too often. And that means that it's going to rely on these guys to to make plays. Like I'm never going to forget third and ten four curl routes for the game on the line. I I can't forgive you for that. I cannot forgive you for that, bro. But good luck over there in San Diego, as my guy Marv was saying. <laughs> and, and, and prosper, my friend. But I, I don't think you're going to see third and ten with the game on the line for hey, Coral Rocks. Like, that's not happening here anymore, bro. Hey, yo. Yo. Am I lying, though? Am I lying? I will never forgive you. I can't. I can't do it, bro. Can't do it. No, now Koye, all jokes aside, you brought up you brought up the screens. Now, I've been saying this all year. I didn't get a chance to talk to you what all season. Happened? Bro, I said yeah. I said mid-season, I said, listen, the Cowboys not having the ability to run a screen is a bigger issue than anybody wants to talk about because it's an easy button that every top offensive team can run but Dallas. And what what happens when you get into the San Fran game against a, te- a defense that's playing well against you, your quarterback struggling a bit, your coordinator can't find something? He didn't have the easy button, Koye. Like, like we could have had nope. that screen game against him, and I watched the screen game work against them against other teams. But I digress. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And when you watch Shotty and, uh, and, and Solari, it's I'm coming not back. giving Shotty the credit. Oh, man, it's coming back with a vengeance. They got, they got Carson, you know, running 50-yard screens up the field, you know what I mean? Like, so it's it's just crazy. And they, and they know how to get the ball into their playmakers' hands. So guys like CD, you know, will get the ball early and often and not just deep posts and, you know, you know sitting down in windows across the middle. They're scheming him open. They're scheming Metcalf yeah. open, even though he is Metcalf, right? They're still scheming him open. And that's something that we haven't seen either. It would be guys like – even Amari Cooper said that when he was here. You know, you got guys that just – you know, everybody's just winning on their own in their space. You know, it wasn't schematic. And then Dak is now at a point where he can throw guys open and he can make the, the right type of reads where he's moving safeties and stuff like that. If you can tell me, hey, we're only asking Dak to do that a handful of, of time. right, not every and time. The rest yeah. of the time, he yeah, and he doesn't have to be great every play. He just has to be great in moments now, and that's all I need him to do. And to me, someone cursed me out for saying it, but to me, he's better than Russell Wilson. And I feel like when I watch Russell Wilson on film, does he make big plays? Yes, but how much of that is attributed to the way Seattle ran the ball? I haven't seen a great Russell Wilson that didn't have a great running game behind him and a great defense. Now. He's suited for that, and he's a good quarterback within those systems or within that scheme. I wouldn't take that away from him. He has a Super Bowl. But when it comes to, like, just I'm not the play breaking down, but I'm just going to move guys around 
with my eyes and make a proper throw. Dak is getting a lot better at that and his pre-snap reads as well. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from Dak. I just don't want him to have to do that every play. you know. And if so, I want him to do it with a purpose and some sort of rhythm. I want to segue into something if you got time. You still got time? No, I'm here, man. I'm here. My I'm doing, I'm doing man. Morning, so I'm with you. My guy. Look, if y'all enjoying this right now, this is on the fly, by the way. This is what we used to do last year, but, you know, we didn't get a chance to get it popping this year. Please drop some bombs, some flames, some whatever in the chat as Okoye is dropping this fantastic content here on the Skywalker Show, A to Z Sports Live. Um, one thing I did we didn't bring up just quite yet, and I think we will see a little bit of, and I know we're talking about Solari. I know we're talking about um, Schottenheimer. But this is Mike McCarthy's baby. This is this is going to be Mike McCarthy's offense, which means I think we're going to see a lot more West Coast principles in this Okoye. And I haven't really heard your opinion on it, but you you were talking about rhythm, right? You were talking about how you know offenses making it easier for the quarterback. I think this West Coast offense is going to make things more rhythmic and easier, not just for Dak, bro, but for these receivers. Because too many times, and you heard McCarthy bring up. Uh, you know, it's the most aggressive option route uh, system he's ever been in. He talked about how the receivers, it's it, the, the decision making's in their hands too Thank often. And, and, and you're talking right. about guys who aren't the Amari Coopers of the world. You're talking about CeeDee Lamb and right. then, you know, a, a, right. a hobble, a Gallup, a Noah Brown career five guy, and a bunch of just, they're really, it's CeeDee Lamb and a bunch of guys, if we're being completely honest. But I think this right. West Coast offense has the ability to make everyone better. I know we're focused on the quarterback because he had a bad game against San Fran, but I mean everybody, bro. 100%. 100%, man. Uh, when you look at, like I, I just was talking, like we, we <laughs> said it, but we're just talking about um, um, uh, Metcalf and the way they were scheming him open, but anybody can get it in this offense. I mean, the, the way they're running it. And it's because they're using concepts to confuse to, to attack certain schemes. Like when they're playing cover three, they, they generally, because they were a cover three defense, uh, they generally run flood concepts because they understand, you know, you, you want to flood either side of those zones to make people have to make decisions. And when you find out what those decisions are early in the game, you counter off them later in the game. And that's what you call a yeah. progressive scheme. And they have that. Uh, they had that with uh, Schottenheimer. And I think that's going to definitely bode well for all these receivers because, okay, do we have receivers that, you know, does anybody really, but do we have receivers where you just say, okay, in a vacuum, you got, we had it with Cooper and, and, and when Gallup was was healthy and CD, we got kind of spoiled. Well, Kellen got kind of spoiled with that because you can just say, you three guys just get open. Right. Do you think? Doing, get open. But you, most teams don't have that luxury. You know what I mean? And when you, when you see guys like that, uh, or coordinators like that, that, like I said, I think they get kind of spoiled with the fact that they have, you know, crazy playmakers on their team. I think Lenahan even got kind of spoiled with that over his time because he had Moss and he had Megatron and he had Dez, a healthy Dez, and it's like, okay, your creativity kind of lacks when you do that. I don't see that uh, in, in Schottenheimer because when, when you look at a guy with the talent of Metcalf and then you have Lockett, who's a burner, they're still scheming Lockett open quite a bit. They're still scheming Metcalf open quite a bit, and, and it's working because they're stressing out zones where it doesn't matter what you're running. There's nobody there. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I run off, if you're playing cover three and you, you're playing uh, thirds uh, as a corner 
and I run you off with a tight end or a wheel route up the field, you're not sitting on what you know the the jet stream wheel route coming behind that. So they're flooding that with a run. They're running the same route with a running back right behind it. Whereas pick your poison. If you sit on the running back, I'm going to hit you deep. I'm going to hit that tight end deep. You take that tight end, I'm going to hit the running back under deep, and that tight end's going to block for him, and he's going to run still. So it's like that's how the scheme is set up, and it's, it's a bunch of that going on every play. Not just one, and and I and the main thing is the way the plays look pre-snap and situationally. Though it'll be third and two, and yeah, you want to throw on third and two. I don't mind that. Don't run a reverse. Don't <laughs> don't run some crazy, you know, extra complicated play. You know, if you want to throw the ball, great. Make it look like you're running though, because then you have a defense having to make a decision. So that's what I see. It's a lot more mind games pre and post snap played in this in this uh, scheme. And it's without having to do a lot of the extra stuff. You're not you're not trying to fool any fool yourself right. or get you know overcomplicated with anything. It's just simple things that make a defense think, hey, this might be that, and then they bring something behind that, uh, and it's working. It's working. They they killed uh, uh, the Falcons in this game. I think they put up by 38 points, and it wasn't with big bombs or big plays until maybe the second half. And that's the other thing I paid attention to. They established the run so well in the first half of this game that when they came out in the second half and they were running those same looks, now Dan Quinn's having to commit extra players to the box. And now it looks like Russell Wilson is just out there just slicing and dicing because it's one-on-one everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, if you got wins, you know, it's got flips, whatever, it's a touchdown. So on, on highlights, because we're not sitting and watching Seattle, in highlights you might look at Russ and say, well, damn, he's just, you know, he's just hitting everybody. No, it's, it's I mean, if, if Dak's getting these type of looks, the type of looks he was getting when he was young and just couldn't hit him, you know. If he's getting those now, Dak is going to rip this apart. I and had a – I'm not – there's no fanboy in that. Right. That's real. Like, it is none of that. I had a hot take last week. I call it a hot take. But I said I personally believe this combination, this new direction of Mike McCarthy with, with – and this is me not trying to be a fanboy or homer or whatever, right, uh, of Mike McCarthy, Solari, and Schottenheimer – will actually be more a better offense for this team, for everyone. That was a hot take I had. Um, and some people might look at that as, that's crazy, Sky. The Cowboys are the number one scoring team. The Cowboys were this. That's true. But much like the defense, I said this last year, I said this defense has the ability to be better even if some of their numbers actually go down in certain areas uh, because it's about the situational stuff. And we saw this defense be the best playoff defense we've seen in a long time here in Dallas, number one. Um, and, and it came to fruition in that manner. But I think that between Schottenheimer's concepts and Solari's concepts combined with McCarthy's West Coast concepts, I, I think you're going to find a, a comfortable medium. Whereas, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Okoye, with Kellen, we didn't have that. It was high variance. It was either an absolutely bonkers day or, my goodness, it was bad. Like, we we rarely had this 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 medium or this identity that we could fall back on if things weren't always at the top clicking. I feel like having an experienced play caller in Schottenheimer and obviously an experienced play caller and game planner in McCarthy who's done this and done it at a high level forever is going to um, put out more consistent high-level play. And if it's not high-level, I don't think we'll see so many lows that we had. And that's that, that's just a guess right now because you still got to get the players. But tell me if that take is is, is too hot. 
I agree with you. I feel uh, just to take it to a basketball reference. Like you remember, like, like the Phoenix Suns, where they could score 130 points, 140 points uh, back in the day. I don't remember. It was probably like circa 2000, 2001 ish when I was watching basketball. To 99 somewhere. Which there. team? But uh, they, it's the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Oh yeah. They yeah. couldn't play slow ball. They only can run and gun. They never can win the big game. They never can get to the championship Excellent because they get to the playoffs. Oh, but they could. But but Tim Duncan used to kill them because they couldn't slow it down and play half court. And uh, Timmy could do could do that. So they used to kill them because of that. And I feel like that's what we are, or what we were under Kellen. We were a, a a Rams type of offense. Like we could light it up if you weren't on your A game, or if we got off and we were firing off all cylinders, it was great. But if Dak was struggling or if the running game was struggling for whatever reason or we made any mistakes or the defense got scored on early, it's like we didn't have a go-to move or a this is our bread and butter. You know what I mean? The best thing about our offense was honestly one of the most risky things about our offense, which was Dak in the hurry-up. You know what I'm saying? When Dak was in the hurry-up, that's where a lot of those interceptions in the second quarter was coming from because we were going fast, which works because it's put stress on the defense and their personnel. But at the same time, we were making quicker decisions and making mistakes because of it. We didn't have a slow game at all. Man, uh, that, that's that's oh, the problem. Bro, the Suns comparison is great. I, I, you're talking about the Phoenix Suns, the um, uh, D'Antoni, uh, who yeah. was it? I think they brought back yeah. uh, Steve Nash at that time, Marion. Yeah, where Roger it was. Bell. Yeah. Raja, yep, yeah, yeah, that is such a great comparison because I, I, I agree. I think it felt like that. Like if we was, you know, this is before the Warriors throwing up threes all the time. The Suns were doing that, and then right. then Tony took right. it to Houston. Um, but if, if that wasn't hitting, and and, and I, I want to look at the, you know the big plays as the threes. But if I used to say, well, if, if Dak is off, if your quarterback is off, not just Dak, any quarterback, if your quarterback is off. Can you still produce? Can you still win in these games? And I go look at a team like the Eagles who who won in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts wasn't great. He wasn't even good against the 49ers. He was okay against the Giants, and they blew both of those teams out. <laughs> blew yeah. both of those teams out. So Because they have an identity to fall back on. And you saw that sometimes as well with, with the Niners. You see it uh, with other teams. But, man, that's a fantastic analogy. I got to start running with that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. But yeah, that, that's true, man. They they weren't they weren't doing it. Uh, you know, slow it down methodically, tear teams apart on a consistent basis. You we were kind of like crossing your fingers when we had those long drives because we'll have a play that looked like it might have been pick six, or looked like it might have been like what the hell is that, Kellen? And then you know we'll we'll you know pull it together more often than not uh, on our long longer methodical drives, but. Uh, we weren't designed that way, though. We we were reading. Even Dax reads went from uh, short deep to now deep, he reads deep to short, which a lot of those plays that we were like, well, why isn't he throwing to the check down? Because you can't throw to a check down late. Come so on. He's not reading. Come on. You know, I've been trying to tell people yeah, this. all. Reading. Yeah, he's not reading short to deep because if he was, he would hit the check down in stride and we would, you know, get five, six yards. You remember the Patriots with James White? Like, they would just throw James White the ball. Because it was, quick it, right, yard. it was targeted to James Rex, White. Rex Burkhead, these guys aren't good, great players. He's just throwing them the ball in stride and the defense has to has to quickly adjust to what's happening deep. So there's room underneath early. What we're doing is looking for everything deep early. And when that's not there, Dak has to pull the ball down 
change his footwork and try to hit somebody. Tony Pollard just or Zeke is just standing on the sideline, and they already ran their wheel route or their flat route or whatever it is, and they're just standing there waiting for the ball. Those plays don't work. That's not that's a poor timing offense. There's you know, a it's not working deep. They take that away. We don't have a go. We don't have another answer. He had nowhere else to go with the ball short. If whatever was happening deep, yeah, with the safety same, wasn't working. Same thing with the mirror routes. Uh, if you, you it's, it's the dumbest routes to run because if you go one side, you can't possibly come back backside if they're. I can't throw to the opposite side. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's definitely That's, if they're they curling. Are, they're just standing there. Right, like right. when you, when you run there. all four curls like that or whatever, if if that's the the mirror route or whatever, if you come back late, it's a wrap. Is 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 pointless to come back late. Yeah, but that's where those pick six come from. Bro. There, there's a saying, an old school saying in West Coast, uh, from the passing part, check down or touchdown, touchdown or check down. Like yeah. that, that's it's a West Coast now. Now that has kind of changed a little bit because you can do a little bit more underneath. But that, it's it's the saying of if you don't have the big play, take the mesh. Take the the check down in stride so these guys can get yak. And I think that's what this this scheme is going to end up producing more than ever is more yak opportunity uh, created via scheme. Yep. You ain't lying. Hey, man. You look, ain't lying. I appreciate you coming on here, bro. I could talk to you for the next two hours about football. We we got to yeah, do this. <laughs> We gotta do this. You more. got me hyped, man, because uh, now you you know what I'm, I was already on film, but I was on the uh, I was doing actually I'm doing both these videos. I'm, I was doing the film on Zeke pre-injury just to get a get an honest look at him, you know, because I wanted to see as well. So a lot of the passion of my argument is coming from I'm staring at you know the plays, so it's a little different. But uh, I was also working on a Schottenheimer versus Dan Quinn's offense. I mean, or Dan defense. Quinn's defense. I mean, uh, and I'm watching that now, so. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna finish these out today. I'm sitting here. I'm not even hitting the gym or nothing, man. I'm I'm gonna finish these today, and I I'll put them out later. So, uh, y'all gotta thank Skywalker for that because I wasn't putting these out today. I was gonna probably put them out <laughs> Friday or Saturday. But thank Skywalker for that because I'm hyped, man. I'm trying to get it done. Hey, we gotta thank Twan because Twan Twan brought up the the show y'all did yesterday, which I watched by the way. I watched some of it yesterday, and I said, you know what, Twan, I'm a, I'm gonna hit up a Koye to see if I can get him on a horn, put him on a spot, and it ain't nobody that handled it. It ain't it ain't it ain't nobody that handled the on spot pressure better than you, bro. I appreciate you coming through, appreciate man. That. For those who don't know appreciate though, that. who may be new here and don't know where to find your content, uh, let them know. Cause send that joint to me when you, when it get finished. But let them know where they can find you. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, a K O Y E Media, uh, A K O Y E Media on YouTube and Twitter. Shout out to Sadiqa Charles too. Always hold me down in the chat when they come from my throat, man. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. <laughs> they be yeah, they look, problem. they be they be on our ass, Akoya. <laughs> you can't you can't fuck They be on us, dog. But it is what it is. We love it, man. Appreciate you, big homie. Yep. Yep. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Akoya Media, ladies and gentlemen, drop them flames in the chat, man. Come on, man. One more time. That's how it's done, man. That's how it's done. With that said. This show, sorry for those who may come back tomorrow. We're not talking defensive tackles today. We're running this back tomorrow. This conversation too good. We're going to stay on task. We got about 15, 20 some more minutes. We'll pick up the phone lines and we'll talk more about everything we just discussed, man. And then we'll run the whole defensive line stuff tomorrow. I, I can't I can't just switch up off of that. We got to stick on this topic today. This is some good stuff happening here. Uh, so while we do that, let's take a quick break take a quick break man i'm gonna say look 
That fire Koye Media discussion is brought to you by Boston Scientific. If you are one of 39 million men suffering from ED, hit up edcure.org, which Boston Scientific created. It helps you learn your severity or risk of ED. And if you have a condition that puts you at a high risk, you'll find customized content for you. The fastest way to find your best cure is to contact an ED specialist by browsing a list of experienced physicians in your area. You can do something about it. And it ain't hard. But you can be. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of a million of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Man, that just got me so fired up and also pissed off that we didn't get a chance to, to do these shows. Who was here last year when we were doing the uh, Koye Wednesdays, man? Koye would come on. We'd talk about the upcoming team. It was absolute fire. I enjoyed those. We got to run those back next year. We got to run those back next year, man. Um, Tyrone said, <laughs> what happened to the defensive tackles? So what happened was in the roundup, we talked about Tony Pollard potentially being tagged and how it didn't make sense to bring TP and Zeke back unless you did X, Y, Z. Um, and then my man Twan brought up uh, Okoye and West Coast take on it because they are super pro Zeke. And they did a show yesterday. And I was like, yeah, I watched it. And I disagree with some things. And I was like, you know what? Let's see if we can get some content magic. Let me hit up Okoye. And he just so happened to be doing some film stuff. Said he'd call in. And boom. There we have it. So because of that, how great that conversation was. We'll change up the thumbnail. We'll change up the title. We'll do all that, and we'll recycle this for tomorrow. So we're going to stick with what we've been talking about, Cowboys Nation, if y'all don't mind. If y'all don't mind. Indeed, brother. I did a pivot. All right. uh, Lots of y'all been on hold. Let's lock it up. And let's get our guys on the horn. Rick, what's goody? Oh. Hey, what up, Scott? What's good, bro? How's going on, Cowboy Nation? How everybody doing this morning? Um, <laughs> the pivot with Sky and Koi. I like that. Yeah, man. Um, hey, man. I got love for Koye, but I'm going to say it like that African dude in that skit. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Especially with that damn Zeke talk, boy. Man, that dude had butterfingers at the goal line trying to, trying to catch the football, dog. He didn't step up when he needed to step up. You know what I'm saying? Those are the guys you keep. You can't keep no Zeke Elliott, man, because he, he toughed it out. No, Zeke Elliott was selfish, a little selfish, just like Jason Witten was back in the day when we had them younger tight ends, and he was twinkle toes. Yo, man, because cause that dude, knowing as a veteran, and we try to, we supposed to have an ultimate goal, bruh, you supposed to be tapping your uh, helmet saying, uh, come in. To uh, Tony Pollard last year, you sort of said to the tap chat hold it a little bit this year in that playoff against San Fran, and say, uh, "Davis, come in and run it. See if we can get a spark with Davis." But see, I don't blame it all on Zeke. I blame it on them coaches too, like Keller Moore, and I'm glad his ass up out of here for that. But Zeke, he's well, not worth the money no more. He ain't who he used to be, man. Let me, let me, let me, let me. You brought up coaches, and it got me thinking. You think that's why Skip Pete's not here anymore? 
I don't I don't know. I just thought it was real foolish. Because I don't I think for us not to put that dude in the game that game, man. I don't think that's like so. Here's the thing. I don't think Kellen gave a damn, which probably should have because because I think I think you could do more with a, a a Tony Pollard from a schematic standpoint. But I think Skip Pete was in charge of that. I, I mean, I'm just guessing, but it, it, you know, it sounded like he would have, and I wonder if that's why he's not here anymore. I'm just guessing. I ain't trying to put nothing out there. That's cool. He skipped his, he skipped his ass out the door too with Kellen. My my thing is this. Uh, that game, like for the two important playoff games we don't had in the last couple of years, is it came down to Zeke. Why you think that they took Tony Pollard out of the game? That was a hit. The way they took him out of the game, they meant to take him out of the game. Because if they didn't, we'd have won that game. Because Tony Pollard was about to turn up on him. Tony Pollard always turned up. Which on, game on you the talking about? Oh, last year. Huh? Yeah, even the yeah, year before I... that when Dak was injured. Tony turned up. Him well, the, and, uh, the Niners were uh, not good that year. Up. I don't even like to count that game. That, that wasn't a, that wasn't the same Niners defense. But you're right. Last year it was inexcusable for him to only see three carries. That was kind of wild. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was a hit. They mean that was some illegal shit. If you ask me, and I think the NFL really need to get rid of that that hitting that that type of tackling and because that's what, damn near equivalent to to me. I think it's equivalent to horse collaring without the. So horse, without I'm not going to lie. I thought the play was. I thought it was outlawed. But when, but it's it's football, man. These dudes, it's tough. I'm I'm not mad at the defender. It's a tackle. It it, it just sucks that he got hurt. Yeah, it, it sucks that he got hurt. But my thing is like this: you said it yourself, Sky. The two teams that are in the Super Bowl right now have. Uh, a role for uh, their court, they running backs. They got three, then uh, two to three running backs that they're running, and yeah. they and they consistent with how they how they run in their offense. Yo, we need some fresh legs in here. Davis is a start, but you need to go in that draft and go get some other fresh legs if you're going to tag Pollard. Sure. I love Zeke, but it's time for Zeke to go, man. If they had to leave, Zeke got to leave too. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. All right, Rick. Appreciate and it, I, big and dog. I'm, and I'm up out of here. Peace, y'all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Table man, we need to exit interview round table man. That's all I'm gonna say, and I'm gone. Oh, I like that exit interview round table. Oh, that might have to be the title of the next round table. And people have been hitting me up. What the next round table? Y'all asking the wrong one. Watch is the guy you gotta ask. There ain't no more superstition. The season's over, so uh, I think we gotta get everybody together and we'll, we'll get a nice little exit interview round table. I like the name of that. Uh, but yeah, man, the Super Bowl teams got a got a, a, a gang of running backs. You know, the Eagles got four of them. You know, Jalen Hurts. Gainwell, Sanders, and Scott. The best four running back tandem in the league right there. Uh, is, is, is four a tandem? I don't think that, that makes sense. Running back committee. Here we go. Uh, Danny. Let's, let's, Danny calls in every once in a while. What's up, Danny? Good morning, Scott. How do you, how do you, how are you able to be on the phone and be in the chat? I mean, that's impressive. I'm, I'm talented. I'm talented. I have my coffee. I have my coffee. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was on my iPad. Uh, to the, the caller before the last, I guess he's a YouTuber. I had no idea who he was. I only hang with you and Botch, but I'll look him up. Yes, you, you, uh, you're missing out, man. About, he does great stuff. I'm going to look him up. I only watch like four guys on YouTube. I can dig it. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a loyal. I'm very loyal. You're busy painting houses. Yeah. Gutting, gutting it out is when you got the flu and you still got to go to work to put food on the table for five kids. 
Not when you're getting paid $30 million a year to run the football. Zeke was paid for past performance. The reason Zeke will be back is because Zeke sells a lot of jerseys. Plain and simple. Because if it just came down to football X's and O's, Zeke is not coming back. But he'll they'll redo his contract somehow. And they're going to, listen, I see them running, running it back with TP and Zeke. When there's a million day three running backs available in the draft. Before I go, I'm just going to give you one name to look up. Give me a name. Mohammed Ibrahim, running back Minnesota. He could have came out 2021, but he blew out his Achilles for his Ohio State. The kid's a monster. Dwayne, Dane Brugler doesn't even have him in the top 15. He might not even get drafted, but he will make a team. That's my day three guy for the day, and I'm out. I'm going to check him out. Appreciate you, Danny. Yeah, and, and it's so funny. When he was talking about day three guys and, and whatever, in my head, I'm thinking, obviously, offensive lines and schemes help, and that's I do agree with that, Twan. I don't want to disagree. Obviously, schemes are going to help running backs as well. Um and Tyrone just said it right here. I think he said too many shotgun runs. I meant to ask Okoye about this because if if this is more Schottenheimer, which I was trying to I was trying to push and pull on this a little bit, I think it's going to be more McCarthy. But if it's more Schottenheimer, and we believe Schottenheimer is going to do the things he did in Seattle, <clears throat> excuse me, he did run out of the uh, shotgun a lot, but. I'm not a, a, a huge advocate for it. I understand in today's game, you're going to run out of the shotgun. But you can run out of the shotgun in, in, in a variety of different ways. What you can't do is just run out of the shotgun just to do it. Uh, Philly doesn't do it just to do it. Philly's going to get some pre-snap motion, at-snap action. They're going to pull two guys. They're going to get. They're going to attack the edges with it. They're going to do it in a unique way that marries it to their, um, their passing offense. As long as Dallas does it in that manner, I, I don't mind it as much. Um, I would like some under the center stuff though to be mixed in. I don't want this to be pure shotgun offense. I'd like to get back under the center, uh, do some play action out of that and, and mix this thing up. And that's kind of why, like I said, I'm excited about the unknown. I think between McCarthy and Schottenheimer, they both have productive uh, things they've done as play callers and designers. I think if you combine it, it makes for an offense that could be tailor made for, for this quarterback, for this offensive line. Uh, we don't know who the running backs are going to be just quite yet, but really any running back should have some success in this scheme if they run that specific scheme. So I, I don't disagree with that scheme obviously matters, uh, but we're talking about the running back position too as well. So we can call it devaluing. We can call it whatever you want. I just know I don't, I don't need that specific type of back um, to be successful. All right, a couple more. Let's get up out of here. Uh, 801, you've been on hold. What's goody? Hey, Sky, how are you? I'm all right. Good. Um, I have a, a name that I think Jeff brought up in one of his videos. Um, I'm just curious to get your thoughts. I hope this isn't too off topic. I think it's a, a interesting name that I haven't really heard that I think fits with the scheme that they're going to be running. Um, and, and could be a good uh, pickup. We'll about uh, draft? It was Michael Thomas with the Saints. Oh, oh running or wide receiver. Yeah, he's, he's. I tried to call him yesterday when we were talking uh, wide receivers, but he's 29 years old. He's you know 
not super happy with the situation with the Saints, and I think the Saints are going into a full rebuild. Um, I, I've heard that they're potentially going to cut him due to cap hit. Um, if, if he's cut, I think he could be an interesting pickup. Um, just with West Coast running so many slant routes, I think yep. that's where Michael Thomas shines. Yep. And I think he'd be an interesting pickup. Um, probably wouldn't be you know, crazy expensive just because he's been injured for the past couple of years. Uh, but obviously, we've seen what he can do when he's with a good quarterback and when he's healthy. What are your What are your thoughts on Michael Thomas? I'm, I like Michael Thomas, the player. Uh, just I don't know if those injuries are have caught up to him, right? So obviously, now I'm taking off the NFL fan hat. Now let's put on a GM hat, right? Uh, what is What is it going to cost you? Is that going to affect you getting other guys? Um, I'm not a doctor, but is his injuries, are they too significant that he already was a, a possession receiver, right? Is it going to slow him down even more? Sure. I don't know enough yet about his, his health, but if you're going to tell me Michael Thomas is, is, is healthy and you're not, he's not going to cost you, you know, top five wide receiver money or top 10 wide receiver money. And it's not going to be a long-term thing because again, he's been injury prone. I could be talked into it for sure. Michael Thomas when healthy is, is, has been one of the most productive and best wide receivers in the league. Uh, so it, it'll be, yeah, it'll be similar to the Zeke situation, right? Like, can you guarantee me that this dude is going to be healthy? You know, and if, if you can't, then how much is it going to cost? Because now I'm, I'm risking him only being available or being available and not being at the top of his game because of his health. When I could have used that money or roster spot for a different player uh, that could be available and play at the top of his game. So it ain't easy because of his, sure, his history. We, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I only bring that up because I think, I think you make an excellent point, but it seems like the only free agents that the Jones boys go after are, are former <laughs> high-tech injured guys who that they is, seem to take a, a we, chance on. So. Yeah, we call those the Stephen Jones criteria. You know, a veteran that's injured <laughs> is, is right at the top of that. But, but remember, the part of that Stephen Jones criteria is the money. Oh, yeah. Yep. How much of that pie are they going to get? Yep. Uh, no, I... Just going along you and Akoya's uh, conversation as well, I'm kind of of the opinion that there's enough depth in the draft that I would personally move off uh, TP and Zeke, um, but that's just me. Um, but I appreciate all you guys do. You guys had a great conversation today. Um, keep up what you guys are doing. Thanks, man. Great call. What's your name? Uh, Tag. Tag. I appreciate you, Tag. Yes, sir. Have a great day. I don't think he's alone in that. I think there's a handful of people who are – okay with moving on and bringing in guys. I think the scary thing is, though, and I think you heard it with Okoye, is that, you know, new scheme, new coaching, we don't know what's, hell, we don't even know what scheme we're running. We're kind of projecting. But are you running a scheme that is is one of those plug-and-play schemes for, for said running back or what have you, where a team like Philly, a team like uh, Kansas City, a team like San Fran, a team like, hell, I'll even go as far as say it's Minnesota, a team like Baltimore. These guys run, have a scheme where nobody, their fan base ain't worried about moving on from Elijah Mitchell, moving on from uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They're not, they're not, they don't care about that because they know they can plug these guys in and, and it works within the offense. So uh, I, I get the kind of not quite sure because we don't know what we're running from a schematic standpoint. All right, Los DJ and then Queen. What's good, Los? Good morning, Sky. I'll try to make you quick because I know you're trying to get out of here. Yes, sir. Let me get this out the way, Sky. Look, I was a fan of Zeke before he asked for his money, 
But after he got paid, I've seen him differently. And I feel he hasn't been one of those studs the last two or three years, but he's been solid enough to, you know, be be good, right? However, we can see clearly he has lost his explosive step. Right. Ex- explosive step. And I think in today's NFL, today's play style, in that position, you should not, you know, you, you have to be explosive to get to that second level. If not, the defense is just going to keep pounding on your quarterback. And you should not draft it early in the in the running back, but you should draft early early to draft a running back to you basically where you feel comfortable in develop, developing them. And what I mean by that is we don't have to be picking up a top 10 running back in the, to be successful or reach a Super Bowl. I mean, look at both Super Bowl teams that are in there. I mean, and look how much they're paying them. You know, at the end of the day, you and Akoi hit it on the head. I feel it mainly comes down to scheme. And the attitude you set up, the offensive line and run game, toss game, however you want to stick, dictate the tempo and you want to come out with and set up deep passes passes later on. Because I feel it was too much um, passing early on, and then when we tried to run the ball, it was, it was already too late at the end of the day. And I'll, I'll, and I'll leave you with this guy. In this draft, there are some solid running backs, but, you know, they're not tier one, right? Uh, but I won't be surprised if they make a great overall impact in, in today's NFL. But I, I haven't seen everyone's tape, but there there's two names that I can give you, and one's a higher level than the other. Jameer Gibbs and Chase Brown. I think those two have great development and potential to be great contributors just because they can get to that second level. And, you know, they're they're, they're elusive. And, you Gibbs know, they, is, they, is my day two pick team. today. Like if 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 I would I would want to take him in the second round to to go with whoever the hell the back is because of this West Coast offense I think they're going to throw the ball to the running backs more and he could be electric in the backfield in tandem with somebody so I'm all about Gibbs who's the other one Chase Edwards uh, no uh, Chase Brown he's from Brown. Illinois Brown he, uh, okay Brown I, I'll check him out you don't got to give him a breakdown I'll check him out yeah yeah and you have a great one guy and uh, one last thing man. We have to get rid of Zeke. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, Akoi. I'm sorry. Peace. <laughs> Appreciate you, Lewis. I think we got the gist of that one uh, as you were leading up. Uh, but, yeah, J- Jamar Gibbs is definitely one of those guys I would love to have on this team. Uh, point blank, period. But if they bring back Zeke and they bring back TP, that's not happening. That ain't happening. All right, DJ. What's good, man? Hey, what's good, Scott? How are you doing this morning, brother? Uh, absolutely fantastic. Had a great show today with Koye. No, oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. I love listening to it, man. Uh, now, nah, as much as I love listening to it, uh, I think early on, <laughs> I highly disagreed. That's what I called in as he explained his situation about uh, having a, a running back rather than not having any running back at all. I kind of got his point, right? Um, but I think the big thing, because I don't like talking money when it comes to players, right? Like, they got what they got. Um, and if you watch an old highlight type of Zeke, that's the guy that, that earned the money that he's getting now. But at the same time, what with the production that you can get, I have to look at the, the whole picture and I'm like, hey, if I was just to go out and sign a guy to give me the production that Zeke is giving, how much would that cost, right, if we put on the GM hat, since that's been a topic this morning, how much would that cost? What do you say? One point five to four million, five million, somewhere in there. If he if he has a name behind him, so that's my big problem there. And not just and the of production. course he's going to take a pay cut. Not just the production, the yeah, play. 
the play, the, the, that, that was the my, that's my biggest thing is like because because we can argue context for certain people's production, but the actual play when I watch Zeke, I, I just see a guy that I'm like I, I don't know how anyone can say I can't get that elsewhere, right? Like I just I just do exactly. you know I, now now can you argue well, and, you, and, 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 can you argue you can't get that first eight game Ezekiel Elliott? I still would argue I probably could, but that's just me. But um, you know, I, I don't think he's the guy. No longer, you say, man, he is an outlier in this league. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's that guy. Exactly, exactly. Because if you're just going off an of eye test, right? Which eye test holds a certain amount of weight, right? It's not everything, but when there was times when Zeke would touch the field and Malik Davis touched right after him, Malik Davis looked like the better dude, right? And you could argue with your internal. You're arguing with yourself. You're like, nah, this dude is Zeke. He's supposed to be this guy. So we have to give him the opportunity over Malik Davis, who I honestly, before this year, I didn't know who the hell he was, right? But when I'm just put, if you take the numbers off the jerseys and the names off the jerseys and you just watch the dudes run, Malik Davis looked like the better dude on a smaller sample size. And I know that matters too, but. What that means is is that you can get guys to go in there if you're doing running back by committee, if that's what they choose to do, and get quality production and play out of just no-name guys because it's running back. Uh, and I I played running back for a short stint in my life. I know they're valuable, but that's been the most prominent position. If you're a good athlete, that's what you learn first. So that's why there's so many of them. You can find guys to, to, to get in there and do what you need to do and be successful in games. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. I, hate to, I don't even like to use the term devalue because I don't want to disrespect running backs. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that these guys aren't going out there working hard, being warriors, and, and, and being good players. But it's just it, it's too much evidence. It's just entirely too much evidence that, that goes against needing one of those guys where, again, I just look in the Super Bowl the last well, – how many years you want to go? Three, four, five, I don't know. The last how many years, I just don't need that specific type of player. Now, if you want to argue to me, what if I told you I can give you uh, one of the best dual threat backs that can be an elite receiving back and an elite uh, running back, then I'll have that conversation, right? Because now this guy can do two things for, mm -hmm. for me um, and, and, and be explosive and, and be productive. Now let's have that conversation and see what we can get out of it for those amount of years, but... Um, and again, if I was Zeke, I would I would probably want to go somewhere else because it's not looking like I'm going to be back here to be that guy um, at the, the number I want. This could be a good thing for both teams. What if Zeke goes to San Fran? You know what I'm saying? And he gets to share the backfield with Christian McCaffrey in the scheme, right? And he doesn't have to get the ball a whole lot. Mm -hmm. and now, now, now Zeke's career uh, can be a little bit better. And, and final caveat, and I'll let you go, is that I'm – I'm cool with keeping Zeke, but if it's just relegated to – because he was still super productive in, in goal line situations this past year and all of that, right? Like he went so many weeks of having a touchdown in, in goal line situations. And if I'm paying 3 to $5 million for that guy, I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it, right? Um, but at the same time, if it's anything more than that, I can't, I can't justify that to myself. Man, I don't know if he's going to take a cut like that. I mean – that's that's a huge cut, you know. That's a huge cut, true, and, I, and he true. might feel and, disrespected. And if, and if he doesn't want to take that, cool. I understand why. Yeah. I mean, you are who you are, and you've earned the right to be that guy. Right. But at the same time, I I said ties. Fair enough. Fair enough. Appreciate right, you. Appreciate you, man. Have a good day, DJ. Probably talk to you later. <laughs>
Ah, what a conversation today. Only right we ended with Miss Queen to be. What's up, Miss Queen? Uh-oh. Miss Queen, you there? I think you might got me on mute. So no Miss Queen. We'll keep it open. Hello. Uh, uh, there, there she go. Hello? There, there she go. What's good? Oh, not much. Um, how are you doing today? I'm good. You must be at work. You at work right now? Have me on mute. Yeah, busting yeah. with with these silly Eagle fans. Oh, you work with Eagle fans? I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Lord, I'm I was just I doing that, you. and I. <laughs> um, but uh, I am um uh, back and forth as far as paying or not paying Tony Pollard. Because we've seen, I mean, the Gallup thing kind of has me on edge about finding him because Gallup was supposed to, Gallup was supposed to be ready. That's to play. fair. I think people are a little nervous about the injury. I like. I'd urge you to go check out um, Doc Talk. We talked about the injury with the doctor, and I do want to make this thing right? like. like ACL, MCL tear and coming back in nine months to, to go out there and play like Gallup did, I think it's different than a high ankle sprain and, and a fractured bone, right? Like, I think that's a little bit different, but but I get it. You had to get surgery. It, it's, it's, a little, it's a little concerning moving forward. Hmm. So a fractured bone takes less time to heal than an ACL oh. surgery? Oh, 100%. He'll be back. He'll be back for minicamp if he wanted to. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, he got a surgery in January. It was February, March, April. Yeah, he'll be back for minicamp. So uh, at the very worst, he'll be back for training camp. But I, that's extra time. So, yeah, it, it takes way less time because it's, it's just a fracture in the bone. And then he already got the surgery. He had surgery for the high ankle sprain. And that was, I think, a three to five at month recovery. So he'll be back. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit of a concern to me. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, I know he's, um, everybody's talking about whether to keep him and whether to not keep him, but I want to keep him. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a little fanish. That's okay. I mean, everybody, um, I got a fan. Some fanism. Okay. Um, because. I feel like he brings way more to the team than just his football playing. Well, he he does a lot for the team. He does a lot for the team outside of being on that field and playing football. Talk about like the community, the locker room, relationships with the players, and, things and like that. Especially the locker room and and building building up players and. All this other kind of stuff. I've watched him in different scenarios where uh, he's very effective in getting these guys' minds right to do what they need to do. Mm. And giving them the discipline because he is a veteran and he tells them, no, you go back and do that again. You know, he's one of those type of uh, uh, teammates, teammates, you know? So, and then they're learning from you know, kind of like 
one of the best uh, running backs that we've had. So, yeah, um, historically like, speaking, he is one of the best running backs in Cowboys history for sure. Right. Okay, so that's another reason. Okay, now my problem is the Joneses. Okay. I think everybody has a problem with the Joneses um, because they don't want to go out and do what, they, what we know could, could be done to put us in the best position to win the Super Bowl. And I'm just afraid that once again this year, um, they're not going to do it again. If they do, you know, I'll be so happy, but I'm not going to get my hopes up this year. Yeah, don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Don't get right. your hopes up. And, I, and, like, and like other people, like, I'm getting sick of this team, uh, you know, probably jumping shit or whatever. I was a Cowboys fan before the Joneses bought the team. So, you know, I'm going to love the Cowboys regardless of who is the owner of the team. I just hate that we have to live live through this stint of yep. Jerry Jones and Stephen. And that's all I got. Fair enough, Miss Queen. It's Look, we got to overcome it. And I know I say that all the time, but I, it's just the truth, bro. It's just true. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's Miss Queen, ladies Hi. and gentlemen. Uh, ending the show today. Let me close these lines up. Boom. Boom. Bam. Wait, now bam. Wow. What a show. For those that might have jumped in here late and you're like, did y'all even talk Cowboys and Terry D-Line? Nope. We did not today. The And you know what's funny? I had a feeling. I said, maybe I should do running backs today. Since I'm ending the roundup with the Tony Pollard talk, I had this crazy-ass feeling. This is basically what we did. So I'm going to change this whole thing to hindsight 2022 running backs. And for those that come in here expecting to see DT, it won't be that. So, uh, And, and look, hey, I think it was a well-deserved pivot. You know, getting our guy Koya up in here, it was worth it. Let's get to these super chats and get up out of here, Cowboys Nation. All right, let me see. We just got one just now. Towboat Ty. Super chat. Appreciate you. It says, O-line is key. Only reason Zeke got paid was the O-line he ran behind. You could have you could have put me behind that O-line and get five yards per carry. Uh, O-line is key. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I would I would emphasize the offensive line more than the running back position, in my opinion. Uh, but it is key. You're absolutely right about that, toe, boat, tie. B-Bird, drop one. Come on now. Super chat. And he said, what would San Fran and Philly do with Zeke in his contract? They wouldn't have gave it to him. Ah, I say that, but they traded for for. Christian, but Christian is way more versatile. And that's why I put Tony Pollard in a Christian Austin Eckler Kamara situation. Because if you can tell me I can get a guy that I can do way more things than just run the ball with, now we cooking, you know? But given who he is, I don't I don't I think they would move on. That's I, I just do. Uh and then King drop one King Element. Super chat. Appreciate you, bro. Almost called you big homie, but you really ain't my big homie. You really way younger than me. Uh, seeing this fan base turn on digs and it is hilarious to me. Uh, this man only been playing cornerback like five years. He already has an all pro and not even in his prime yet. Number one corners don't grow on trees. Is it, are they really turning on him? I, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't. I'm not really. I'm not really out there looking at the dig stuff. But if they are, shame on y'all. Shame on y'all. Turning on digs. I get being upset. He didn't make a tackle, and he's not one of those type of corners. But he's a hell of a cornerback. But if we want to turn on him and get rid of him, by all means, go ahead. We'll be right back at square one at that at that that position. But man, it's like half of the fan base wants to get rid of every player but also don't want to spin. But if you spin, you're probably going to be playing for a guy that's... We can't have everything. But I think when you got a guy like a Zach Martin and a Diggs talking about our, our conversation earlier with James, why, 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 why? Why would you move on from those dudes? Hmm. He's a bit crazy to me. Uh, and then Tyrone dropped one earlier. Super chat. I think Deontay Foreman from Carolina would fit well as a power back and morning strive every day to find okay basically good morning strive every day to find happiness uh peace and happiness appreciate you tyrone uh yeah deontay foreman has kind of had a resurgence a resurgent career over there with jeff nixon starting to call the plays uh and run the rock you know they lost christian mccaffrey but their running game actually improved ironically so you know again there's so many players out there that i think that you can do power back type things with there aren't any more Jacobs. So I always bring up Brandon Jacobs, but any more Brandon Jacobs out there anymore for real. But uh, there's still guys that could do power things, man. I just do. I mean, listen, I get that Zeke had a ton of touchdowns, but we're talking about one yard line. I mean, I don't want to end the show talking about it. I'm just saying I could find me a guy that can score me a touchdown from the one yard line. He had 12 this year. I think 10 of them came from 10 yards in it. So I'm saying he was a freak, man. Brandon Jacobs. And I often bring his name up because he was one of my favorite backs at the time. You six four, like 270 or something like that. That was he was ridiculous, man. He was ridiculous. All right. A little bit of overtime, but that's cool. Good stuff today. Appreciate y'all uh for jumping in, dealing with the pivot. If you you know you came in here wanting to talk about DTs, apologies. We'll do that tomorrow. But I think today's conversation was great. Um, and we'll continue to have this, honestly, probably for the next month until we get to the deadline for uh, the franchise tag and until we get to free agency, which I think next week we'll start our free agent primer. Maybe we'll mix it in there because we want to I want to finish the hindsight series uh, throughout this week and a little bit of next week. And then we'll hit the free agent primer, uh, mix in some draft talk or whatnot. But I want to make sure I roll these things out responsibly. I hate to do draft talk here because I'm still at the very early stages of it. We do the draft talk later over on the Vox Lombardi live show uh, where he's all the way in on it. And um, we talk that Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, we talk draft Monday, Wednesday, Cowboys. So today will be Cowboys talk later on. Make sure y'all come through on the volume. And then later tonight, Mo will be back on for A to Z sports primetime. Good stuff. Good stuff, Cowboys Nation. With that said, press this button. Get that up out of here. I actually gonna run back this uh, Okoye segment. Fire! If you missed it, hashtag running back game. You don't want to miss things. I wish we could run back that Twilight trips. I wish. Love y'all. Peace.
Tyrone said he don't accept my apology. <laughs> Call in tomorrow. Nah, not call in tomorrow. Call in tomorrow. Peace.